Living as a foreign national in a different country comes with all sorts of challenges. There are different ways of treating animals. I used to really hate those people who used to walk their dogs with a bag in a hand, you know, trying to collect the poo and everything. You might even have to prove you are yourself. Uh, no, it was just really odd that what? No, I'm me. I'm I'm not somebody else. And they kept saying, "Yeah, but you're from Poland." No, that's not me. <laughs> There's the language to agonize about. It's almost like you take on a different persona, or your your personality is others. I was kind of intimidated, and I just didn't. I just couldn't bring myself to speak. And keeping home traditions alive can be tricky, especially when combined with the Dutch way of life. So now I've got my two saddlebags, the turkey in a basket on the front, the Brussels sprouts falling over, the potatoes falling over out the other bag. But I'm going to make it at home in November in the rain. <laughs> Taking on challenges and winning feels great. These small victories help us feel more human at home. And happy. Hi, I'm Andy Clark, and this time in the Here in Holland podcast, stories of small victories. People from around the world who've come to the Netherlands share stories of how they started to feel more at home by daring to reach out and overcome the obstacles that are part and parcel of life in a new country. For the first four months, I was alone with my two boys. This is Inika. Inika is from the Seychelles, and when she first came to the Netherlands, she had it tough.、Um, at first, it was really hard because we don't have any friends, we don't have any family here, and you know you're, you're alone and you've left all your family and your, your whole network. But she persevered and reached out.、Um, but I put myself out there. The Facebook groups here are fantastic, and there's a lot of、um, group meetups. And if you put yourself out there, you find the community is really, really supportive because pretty much everyone's been where you've been, and they're all willing to lend a hand and make you feel welcome. And it's been it's been amazing. Within within weeks, months, we've felt really at home here. And I know it's only been six months, but this is our home. This is where we're staying. Yeah, it's been wonderful.、Um, Holland is a wonderful place. Utrecht is just amazing, and we're very proud to call this place home. So when you're lonely, reach out, says Inika. There are all sorts of people just like you out there, and they want to help. And hey, she didn't even mention the weather. And if you can take the switch in weather from the Seychelles to the Netherlands, I guess you can handle just about anything. By the way, Inika shared her story by sending an audio message to the Here in Holland WhatsApp number. I'll tell you later in the show how you can do that too. Hi, I'm Mandy Van der Meer,、um, and I'm、uh, from New York City, living in the Netherlands for about six, six and a half years now. And I'm an English、uh, teacher part time. Keeping home traditions alive is important for internationals. For Mandy, coming from the U.S., the Thanksgiving meal is a big thing. But combining a huge turkey and newfound cycling skills proved a little tricky. I was thinking about the first Thanksgiving、um, when I was living in Holland for about a month and a half. I decided I was going to. Cook my own turkey for the first time, 
in a country that doesn't have turkeys. Um, but I knew I'd be homesick if I didn't keep myself busy. I would miss my whole family. So this was my way of, okay, I'm going to make this happen. And we invited a couple and their two children. And my husband was really looking forward to it. So he was very ambitious in ordering the turkey for me. We go to this butcher in the next town over. So I live in a small town, Nordvik. It's by the beach. And we had no idea where to get a turkey. So we had a tip from someone to go to the next town, to the butcher by the train station so that my husband could get off the train one day, place the order, etc. Come a couple of days before Thanksgiving, I've got to get this turkey, and I'm feeling ambitious, I'm going to bike there. you know. So what would normally take, say, a Dutch guy, 20 minutes, takes me 50 minutes. <laughs> so fine, get there, because the butcher has, of course, hours, right? They're going to close at a proper 5, 5.30, like most Dutch places, most Dutch mom and pops, and um, get the turkey, decide, you know what, why don't I do all the other shopping? The Albert Hein is around the corner. So now I've got my two saddlebags, the turkey in a basket on the front, the Brussels sprouts falling over, the potatoes falling over out the other bag, but I'm going to make it home in November in the rain. <laughs> Naturally, I have a mishap, cauliflower is rolling away on me, so I get out in the middle of the bike lane, and i am got my butt stuck in traffic and my head stuck in the bike lane, and so I'm going to be hit either way. Let's say an hour and a half later, I eventually make it home with the turkey, and that to me felt like a big victory. <laughs> so that's my first Thanksgiving in Holland victory story. Hooray, she made it home, and all is well. Or is there a twist to this tale? When I got the turkey home, of course, uh, yeah, it was too big for the oven. It was touching on all sides. So it didn't cook very well. But we, we had a little bit of turkey breast that was edible. So thanks for letting me share. You didn't have to resort to McDonald's, son. No. Um, I was very glad for that. I thought, okay, if anything, I'll at least have made some mashed potatoes. Everybody likes those. <laughs> Well, it might not have been perfect, but a victory nonetheless. Combining cycling and collecting the ingredients for a Thanksgiving family dinner is something to be saluted. Alongside keeping culinary traditions from home alive, another obstacle for expats is learning to speak Dutch. In the beginning, it can seem impossible. The fear of embarrassment can make taking the first steps an excruciating experience. I was kind of intimidated, and I just didn't, I just couldn't bring myself to speak. This is Stan Levinson. His story goes way back to 1971, but it has a universal truth that will strike many an expat. My small victory is uh, ancient history to you and uh, a lot of your other listeners, since it happened in The Hague in 1971, uh, where I lived for a year and uh, have not been back since then, although I certainly would like to and hope to one of these days. Um, that's another story. But uh, when I went to Holland in 1971, after having graduated university with my Dutch wife, um, you know, we didn't know how long we'd stay, but uh, you know, we went there and we went to The Hague because she had some family there. Um, I had studied a little Dutch on my own before we went, and I, I have a 
kind of a facility for languages, so you know I wasn't worried about it. But when I got there, I was, I was kind of intimidated, and I just didn't, I just couldn't bring myself to speak. I'd wherever we'd go, I'd let her do the talking and the shops and everything like that. And and you know, one day she said, "Oh, we need milk," and she started to put her jacket on, and I looked at her and I said, "No, stop." I'll go. Well, there's no there's no big uh, climax to this story except that I went and uh, bought what I needed to buy, and that was it. After that, I felt so much better, and I I you know began to enjoy it even more because I just got to that point where God, I just have to speak for myself. Stan now lives in Thailand. And he sent his story via an audio message to the Here in Holland WhatsApp number, just like Inika. The number is in the show notes if you want to send me a story too, and I'll read it out later and tell you all the other ways you can get in touch. Small victories like Stan's are liberating. No matter how small the first steps are, they pave the way to getting to grips with life in a new country. Hi, I'm Angela Eldering, and I'm from Australia. And this is my second stint living in the Netherlands. Um, first moved here in '98, spent two and a half years, and then we moved on over to Germany for five years, and then Australia for eight years, and then back to the Netherlands. And we've been back here now for two years. My husband's from the Netherlands, and he grew up out east. And we decided we'd move back and and live. Um, a sort of country lifestyle out in the east of the Netherlands. Angela has also been through the shyness and embarrassment thing when it comes to learning and daring to speak Dutch. Someone once explained it, and I quite like this explanation. It's almost like you take on a different persona, or your, your personality is others. Um, you you become, to me, I'm quite uh, shy when it comes to speaking Dutch. And I was much, you know, I sort of seemed like I'd sit back and not participate as quickly in a conversation because listening is such a hard skill and listening is still, for me, one of the hardest things. And especially in a social group when everybody's talking and if there's a lot of background noise, you know, to this day I find that a really difficult situation. And um, so I think, yeah, you, you, you find yourself being a slightly different person because of what your language ability is. But persistence is key, says Angela. Just keep trying and just keep speaking Dutch and, you know, asking people to keep speaking Dutch with you. When it gets hard, you know, those are the barriers that we need to get over. You're listening to the Here in Holland podcast. This is the story edition and the theme today is small victories. Coming up in the second half... I used to really hate those people who used to walk their dogs with a bag in a hand, you know, trying to collect the poo and everything. Loving dogs when you didn't used to love them. And I'm me. I am, really. What? No, I'm me. I'm I'm not somebody else. And they kept saying, yeah, but you're from Poland. You, you've been here for two years and you've already got one. No, that's not me. <laughs> Dutch bureaucracy stories. But not what you might think. Two people who love the Dutch take on bureaucracy. Those stories, amongst others, coming in a moment. 
But first, just to let you know, I'd love to hear your story too. So please get in touch. As I mentioned earlier, there's a WhatsApp number, and people have been sharing audio stories with me. So why not call it too? If you're in the Netherlands, it's zero six twelve forty two eighty three eighty seven. Outside the Netherlands, then drop the zero and add the country code thirty one. You can also mail me here in Holland at gmail dot com or contact me via Facebook facebook dot com forward slash podcast here in Holland. All these details are in the show notes and also on the website here in Holland dot com. One of the main ideas behind here in Holland is to help internationals feel more at home, and sharing stories is a great way to do this. In the words of Inika, reach out and you will be rewarded. Pretty much everyone's been where you've been, and they're all willing to lend a hand and make you feel welcome. I really would love to hear from you, so get in touch. Okay, back to the small victories. I'm Aditi Vaishampain, and uh, I'm from India, but I've been living as an expat for the past 15 years now. So initially, I was I moved first time in my life to UK when I was 25, and then uh, we moved back to India and then Belgium. And I hope so. This is my last stop in the Netherlands. Aditi's story involves, and there's no way to dress this up. It involves dog poo. Of course, it's not just really about dog poo. It's more about seeing things differently and challenging your own way of thinking. Something expats have to be willing to do if they want to feel comfortable in their new country. Just six months back, we had a dog, uh, a Labrador, and uh, the way they treat your uh, the animal, the dogs, uh, in general in Europe, uh, it's it's quite different. And sometimes I feel that. Uh, They are given more precedence than even the humans. So, uh, but my children were very much. Uh, children are rather very much fond of uh, having a dog, and so uh, finally, as parents, we just succumbed to their request, and uh, we got a Labrador. And previously, uh, before having a dog, I used to really hate those people who used to walk their dogs with a bag in a hand, you know, trying to collect the poo and everything. But. Uh, uh that was <clears throat> that was the inhibition i had before we had the dog but then i think i had to do the rounds of uh, walking him uh as a part of having a pet in the house so that was a victory for me in the holland i would say that uh, because i said i would never do that and finally i ended up doing the same thing which i was laughing at others when i used to see them picking up the dog poo on the road and now i'm doing the same thing so <laughs> I didn't know, but but uh, but the plus side of it is, um, I think my mind has changed uh, from the point that uh, no, I don't want to have dogs anymore, to the point that yes, I love dogs and uh, we have kind of uh, a great attachment now with him in, in the sense that um, I mean he is really lovable and you cannot uh, live without him now. You know that's the situation that we are now. Uh, What's he called? <clears throat> Uh, we call him Benji. He's a Labrador, Choco Labrador, and he's almost a year now. All internationals face this, coming across a different way of living that might at first seem ridiculous, but then shifts as they try it and then accept. 
This is Molly from the U.S. She has a classic Dutch small victory story. So my small victory happened a few weeks ago. I actually write a, a monthly column for a magazine in the Hague called Toten, and so my my column was sort of about. This particular incident, when I had gone out for dinner with several uh, Dutch friends of mine, and at the end of the dinner we were sort of leaving to go to a, another pub, and we kind of discovered that one of the girls that was with us had walked to this restaurant instead of biking, and of course we were biking to the to the pub, and you know. When I first moved here five years ago, I did not know how to ride a bike. My ex had to teach me how to do it、uh, in the train station parking lot, and you know, running into a situation like this would have caused sort of you know, oh, now everybody has to walk with their bikes, and it's like a whole thing.、Um, and instead, because I've now been here for a while and can sort of you know negotiate these situations a little bit better, we sort of played swap the bike, and I kind of hopped on my friend's bike because he took my bike, so he she could ride on the back, and it all took about thirty seconds. The next thing you know, we were off at the pub, and when I arrived, I sort of had this moment where I really felt like, oh, you know, I've I've lived here really long enough that I can kind of be integrated in this way where my terrible biking skills sort of don't stand out as a sore thumb anymore because I'm 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 good enough that I can that I can do it. So it was a real、uh, it was a real good feeling and a, and a nice moment of sort of、uh, yeah being integrated and fitting in a little bit better in society. And how did you feel about being here after you'd been through that? Yeah, it felt a little bit better. You know, maybe like this is a, a bit more like the home than I may have, would have said a few years ago. Feeling more and more at home with each turn of the bike wheel. That's Molly from the U.S. Okay, two stories of Dutch bureaucracy. A nightmare, right? Well, maybe not. Small victories over preconceptions that bureaucrats are only there to make things worse. Computer says yes. Thank you very much for having me here. My name is Joachim Sarandopoulou, and I am from Greece. I live here in the Netherlands for like three years, and I'm a psychologist. In Greece, when you want, for example, to start a business, you have to go through a very、um, difficult procedure, highly bureaucratic. A lot of documents, and、um, uh, they ask you for documents since the day you were born, and、uh, you have to、uh, take a lot of、uh, stamps and a lot of signs and a lot of、uh, to go from one office to the other and get permissions, and it's so difficult. So actually, when I went here to、uh, the Kavaka. So that I can register my company. The Carmovan Co-Handle, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>、um, I had I had done the, the pre-registration online, and then I went there. I can hear you thinking, "This is where it'll all go wrong." And there was a very nice guy, and he asked me for my passport. And we discussed for like ten minutes. He went through my、uh, registration, and then he said, "Okay, we're done."、Uh, what do you mean we're done? Yeah, that's it. So I I am registered now. I have my own company. Yeah, that's it. You don't need any of these documents that usually they ask in Greece. No, no, no. We don't need anything. You're done. That was a shock. That was a big shock. That was a big shock. Big shock. I think for most people, I think the Netherlands is bureaucratic as well, but totally different for you. Yeah, totally different. I was, I was like, you must be mistaken. There's something wrong here. You're not serious. No, this is not the way it's done. Maybe you're missing. Maybe you need some time, some some time to think about it. No, no. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. it. Yeah.
So a small victory over preconceptions that bureaucracy here in the Netherlands would be as killing as in Greece. Robert is from Canada, and he's also lived in Germany. A nightmare seemed to be looming for him when he was told he was someone else. He was pretty sure he wasn't, but as you can imagine, these things can be tricky. For this story, you need to know that the burger service number is equivalent to a social security number in the U.S. or a national insurance number in the U.K. Without it, you're pretty much stuffed. When he first applied for it, Robert was told, "Sorry, but you already have one. You're that guy from Poland, right?" What? No, I'm me. I'm I'm not somebody else. And they kept saying, "Yeah, but you're from Poland. You you've been here for two years and you've already got one." No, that's not me. <laughs> There was a duplicate. There was somebody already in the country with my name and my birth date who had that, who had a, a BSN number. So I wasn't issued one. They had to do an internal investigation. A couple of weeks later, I went back and they reissued me one. Well, not reissued. They issued me one for me specifically. However, I have two pieces of paper: one with my BSN number and a second document that says, "Please don't confuse this with another Robert Christian who's in the system with the same birth date who also has a BSN." So I usually have to take two pieces of paper with me when I go. Do any kind of documentation, <laughs> but I got it. <laughs> This is not like Germany because you can bet your bottom dollar in Germany you would have been made to feel a criminal, right up until the end.、Uh, and here it was completely opposite. I don't even think anybody panicked or even broke a sweat when they saw that in the computer system. They just knew, okay, we'll do an internal investigation. We'll get back to you. And they kept emailing me, and they stayed in contact with me. They were fantastic. I, that would just never, never have happened in Germany. Never. A triumph for common sense over bureaucracy. A small victory for Dutch pragmatism in the face of the rules. Computer says yes again. Well, I hope you've enjoyed these stories of small victories. Please remember to share the podcast and tell your friends about it. Maybe you know people who are thinking about coming to the Netherlands. The podcast is also interesting to them to give them a flavour of what to expect. And remember, reaching out is the way to go. Everyone's been where you've been, and they're all willing to lend a hand and make you feel welcome. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do. You can get the podcast via iTunes or any other good podcast app. There are how-to guides on the website hereinholland.com if you need any help, and all the details of how to get in touch with me or share a story or suggest a story are there too, and in the show notes. Facebook is another way of getting in touch: facebook.com/podcasthereinholland or Twitter. The Twitter handle is at here Holland. There's no in. And remember, don't be anxious about things. I was kind of intimidated. Life in the Netherlands is great. After that, I felt so much better, and I, I, you know, began to enjoy it even more because I just got to that point where, God, I just have to speak for myself. From me, Andy Clark. See you next time, and thanks for listening. <laughs>